welcome to Run This World. I'm your host, Nicole DeVille. Boom. That was a dramatic volume change. Did you all miss me? Oh my gosh. I'm trying something new as I relaunch Run This World, which I'm going to explain in a little bit here. Um, I'm doing them all live. Just doing them live. I don't want Tim to have to edit them. That's first of all, <laughs> the first thing. <laughs> and the second thing is that I think, you know, podcasts are special because of what people say on them, not because of the magic of this beautiful editing process. Therefore, I am going to do all future episodes live unless there's a very special reason I shouldn't. And who knows what's going to happen, starting with this one, episode 203. You know, I'm coming at you after quite a long break. I, I did my last interview in June of 2021. Today is December 9th of 2021. You know, I officially took a break. I had done the podcast for five years. I had over 200 interviews. Run This World filled my heart. I originally created it because I just needed something more than what I was doing at the time. And what I was doing at the time was running Skirt Sports, my company that I you know, founded, grew, nurtured, and loved for over 15 years. It was basically my first baby. Um, and as many of you know, because you, you listened to my journey, you watched my journey, you were part of my journey. You freaking bought, you know, product from skirt sports over 15 years. And some of you bought our very final 20 extra small black one piece swimsuits on August 16th of 2020, the last final inventory we had in stock before I passed the magic baton to the amazing Sarah Ratzliff of Zuma, who actually now includes skirt sports in what, what she has um, titled the Inspired Brands family. And I'm very proud that skirt sports continues to live, but that's not why I'm here today. I wanted to break the ice. I wanted to get this thing back up and I have some shit to talk about. Um, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being back. Uh, thank you for telling me, those of you who reached out and I got many responses when I asked, should, should I take a break forever? Or should I, you know, keep going? And so many of you said, please, I would love for you to keep it going. It fills my heart. It makes me feel less alone. It does all those things that I originally set out to do. But you know, you guys were awesome because so many of you said, I don't want you to feel like you have to though, Nicole. I want you to do the next big thing that feels right for you. And so during this break, it freed up some brain space. It freed up some energy. And <laughs> it allowed me to start my next thing. I am proud to announce that a few weeks ago, I launched my second business. I am officially a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> I knew 
when I started making a list of things I could do next in my life, like one of them was like, nothing, don't do anything. That was out. I, it's just, it's not me. I love, I love working. I love having that kind of purpose every day. You know, one of them was I could go like send in my resume to companies and try to work for somebody else. And then I was laughing because I couldn't even imagine what I would put on my resume. I've only ever worked for myself. Um, you know, and I had a, a bunch of, of options in between, but I remember I was talking to my friend, Jill Angie of not your average runner, one of the most brilliant women in the world. And she goes, Nicole, I love that you made this list of options, but it's obvious you're going to start something new. It's who you are. You are a person with vision. You are an incredible starter. You like starting things. You'll have to figure out if you're good at hanging around, which I, I actually don't think I'm that good at. Um, but I do love starting things. And so while I was also working on what I could potentially do next, ideas were literally swirling around in a nonstop fashion. And one of them just kept coming back. And, you know, I spent this time of like career self-reflection doing that whole like throw things against the wall and see what sticks. I had my whole columns of like what I'm good at, what I love, what people might actually pay me to do, you know, what they want from me, um, what fits into my life. And then it made me go down the rabbit hole of like, well, what do I want my daily life to look like? Do I really have the power to create something that could fit into my life instead of fitting my life around the thing I do next? And it was very empowering and freeing to realize that I could, I could do all those things. So the idea that came to me was basically a kind of a merging of the worlds of podcasting and then my core foundational value and need of connecting. Um, over time and over the 200 plus episodes I did with Run This World and then my other podcast that I run with Sarah Ratzliff called She Runs It, uh, which is getting also getting a revamp in early 2022. That'll be back out with all kinds of new fun. But what I realized is not only do I love the connection that interviewing brings, when you help people share their story and help them discover deeper meanings, I love that. Um, not only do I love that, I love helping people create something that can endure. And I was thinking about all of this and I was thinking about how, you know, COVID has allowed us to create different visions of what work and career may be and that maybe we can do more out of our homes if that works for us. Um, and so I started to go, well, what if I created this sort of podcast service for people to preserve and share the stories of their lives? I, my dad then, meanwhile, on a whole nother plane, one day said to me, Nicole, do you think maybe we, you know, it'd be cool to like record all these stories from when I was a kid, because then the grandkids could really understand what it was like to grow up in the forties and fifties. And I was like, well, dad, you know, I do have microphones and we could literally sit across from each other and 
we could record that. So why don't we do it? And I just, I started thinking about it and brainstorming. And then I was like, dad, let's get you on, let's get you on these mics. And then I made my mom do it. And I was just recording and learning how this might actually work and work. It did. I included my community. I said, I told people in vague terms about this concept. I asked for feedback. I got like 500 responses on the survey, people who wanted to help. And I started creating and it was so exciting. I created a business that I launched, like I said, less than a month ago, and it is called Aesop. Aesop, like the fables, A-E-S-O-P. And the website is aesopnation.com. And then I created these packages because this could be overwhelming. Like, what kind of story am I going to share? I don't know. It feels weird to share my own story. Like, I kind of want to, but that just feels self-serving. And am I really going to do it? And the feedback I got from a lot of people was, well, the idea, you know, is great, but a lot of people really can't pull the trigger. They just don't know how. So what I do is I create these packages. We sit down on Zoom. You fill out a questionnaire ahead of time. So you you think about what you want to talk about. I know what you want to talk about. And then we do a professional interview. We record it. It gets edited. And then you get your own private podcast page. Literally, it's like I have built you your own blog in a sense, but it's a podcast. And the idea is that you could build on it over time. You can add other stories. You can put your whole family tree on there. You could do it as a gift for your parents and your spouse and even your kids. Um, over the course of trialing this, I, I recorded various interviews. I did one with my dad and I did one with my daughter. I also did interviews with a range of people, some I knew and some I didn't. And they're all posted on my new podcast called Aesop Nation. I encourage you to go over and subscribe to it. The cool thing is it was created as a podcast to sort of not prom well, promote the business, yeah, to promote the business, but also to show people how it could work, right? Like these are examples of ways that you could use this service. And then what I love about it is that it's an experience. We all have so many things. And this experience can be a form of therapy or it can be an experience that memorializes an experience. But the point is it memorializes it. it gets your feelings. It gets that amazing range of emotion that you want to share with the people you love or the whole world out. And, and it's out there. It's, it's tangible in a way. And I think so many of us have so many things in our lives that can bring value to other people and we never share them. And it is not until you lose someone you love that you say, God, I wish I had done that. I wish I had their stories. I wish I had stuck a microphone in their face and asked them to share their stories. And now they're gone and I can't have them. You know, many people have said to me, I keep voicemails on my phone from one for my kid, one for my spouse, one from each parent, one from each sibling, just in case. Those are just freaking voicemails. Imagine if you had their stories. You know, 
that's the basis behind ESOP. The cool thing is that people are coming to me with all kinds of ideas. Um, I realized fairly early that there's a really cool business application for ESOP. Um, I've booked a few business interviews now, and the first one came from this amazing woman. She's on the ESOP Nation podcast. You should definitely subscribe and listen to it. Her name is Angela Masenik. She's a life coach and an over-drinking coach. I mean, it was actually right up my alley. I loved that she was my first business um, guinea pig. And she said, I'm going to, I want to book this because I want to put this interview on the about me page of my website. So many of you listening have your own businesses or side hustles and you're about me, the learn more, you know, those pages have a paragraph or two, you know, some of you try to put videos up and whatnot, but it's really cool to have more opportunities for people to learn who the real you are or is. <laughs> and um, the more they know about you, the more they're going to fall in love with you. So that is another really cool use. Anyway, head over to esopnation.com. If you decide to purchase a package or you do not know what you want to do with it, just shoot me an email, nicole at esopnation.com. You can also just for listening to Run This World. Use the code Run This World for 10% off. And I made the code so that it will not expire. You guys are my tribe. So guess what? That is one big thing that I did <laughs> over break. And I feel really good about it. In fact, I feel this good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we have, can I stop this thing? Oh my God. We have sound effects when I do live podcasts now, so get ready. You know, the second thing that I realized during this big break is that I really missed Run This World. You know, we don't often give ourselves a chance to miss things enough. And there's something special here and something that I did that I'm, I'm really glad I did. I pushed pause instead of stopping. I didn't say I'm done. The podcast is over. I said, I'm going to pause and I might bring it back, but I don't know if I'm going to bring it back. When you push pause, you keep the door open. I think about pro athletes. You know, I was one. <laughs> My husband was one. And I watch pro athletes sometimes, especially in the, you know, very big public eye who announce retirements and then they don't know what to do with themselves. They miss their sport. And then they say, I'm coming back from retirement like six months later. It happens all the time. It, that's even harder, I think, emotionally than just pushing pause. You can push pause and just sort of decide to not come back. You may never announce a retirement. Um, and you just move on to other things. But when you push pause, you keep that door open. And that's what I did with Run This World. I kept it open and I watched and I listened to the signs and I gave myself a chance to miss it. You know, in COVID, I think we actually are probably reeling from a lack of missing things because for two plus years now, we haven't been able to leave much. 
You know, people have minimized traveling. They're staying at home more. They're not leaving. They're not taking adventures and trips and all the things that they used to do. Not as much, at least. And I know you guys can relate to that. That means we don't, we don't get that chance to miss. We don't get a chance to miss the people we love, the places we live, the trails we wander. So I think there's power in that. Sometimes it's scary to take breaks, to go on trips, to take sabbaticals, but they're very important because they help us realize how important those other things are in our lives. So I guess that's my long way of saying I missed all of you <laughs> and I miss the connections. I miss the connections I have with my guests and I miss the connections I have with you. So I am happy to be back. I also want to let you know that in addition to being live, I am not going to put myself on a set schedule with this podcast because shit happens sometimes. And I don't want to sit there and be like, I got to squeeze in another episode, which leads me to the shit that has recently happened <laughs> to me. <laughs> My back has finally stopped working. This is the story that I really wanted to share with you today. The story of my spine, strangely put. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, friends. We go through our lives, not necessarily, I would say, not appreciating what we have, but not realizing necessarily what we have. I had a very healthy body for my whole life until now, age 49 and 10 months. Yeah, I'm going to be 50 on February 17th, and I'm going to be home doing rehab and recovering from a spinal fusion surgery that I am having next week. Thursday, December 16th, I'm going to have the first... Um, what would we call it, anticipated or planned surgery of my life. My other surgery was my C-section. That was definitely not planned. But I want to share with you the story of my spine, of my back. And the reason I want to share it is because I have a really good friend I've had for so many years. Her name's Jenny Sullivan, and uh, I share a lot. That's who I am and what I do. And the other day she wrote me and said, I'm so glad you're crowdsourcing support. It's so awesome. And I love that idea. Crowdsourcing support. That's what I do. I'm crowdsourcing it. I'm looking for support too. It's not just you guys looking for support. We all are. Um, and so today I'm going to do a little bit of mourning the body that I had and the new body I'm going to have. And it's a bit of a release. And I think it will be therapeutic for me. So here we go. <laughs> if you can head over to social media or join my email list, go to esopnation.com and a pop-up will show up. Just sign up for the email there. Um, you will see photos that I have posted of my back as it is today and also of the MRI that I recently had. And it's really interesting. I have a condition, it's called spondylolisthesis. It's the longest name you could probably have. 
There are other spondy type names of things. There's spondylolysis, there's spondylosis. There's other spondies out there, but the one I have is a condition where a vertebrae in your back breaks and it slides. And mine did that. My surgeon, a neurosurgeon I found who's absolutely incredible. I I actually am going to try very hard to get him on this podcast because he is fascinating. We were asking him like, can you tell when it broke or how it broke? He goes, well, it's definitely a traumatic break. It's just how these things usually work. And it probably happened when you were a kid. You wouldn't even know necessarily. Could be that you had a fall. Many of you listening might even have it. And you'll never know because your symptoms won't get as far gone as mine did. Um, it's basically where your, your vertebrae breaks and then it moves. So in my case, it's my L4 lower lumbar vertebra that broke. And it broke in the sense that the two transverse processes in both sides broke. And if you're looking at the MRI, it's like, where are they? Did they they just disintegrate? They're just sort of gone, I think. And my L4 moved forward towards my belly button. And it now it's very pronounced because I think it's just continued to slip and slide. It's a fucked up way to talk about your internal, you know, spinal structure, but it did. It slipped and slid. And um it's interesting because what it does is your L5 then becomes very obtrusive. Like mine protrudes to the point where it, I have this spiny, this bump on my back. It's like, almost looks like a tail, but it's a little higher and it's, it's gross. It's weird. It's totally weird. I mean, friends who see it are always like, Oh my God, In fact, you know, every time I get x-rays or have a procedure done, the techs are just hilarious and they always say something. The last uh, x-ray I had in the summer in July, the guy was like, oh my God, that looks horrible. I can't believe it. How are you still walking? Are you having normal bowel movements? Oh, kudos to you. Wow. And I was sitting there going, oh my God, did it like move all the way? Is my body disconnected? Like what happened? It just looks really extreme on an x-ray. And the truth is it is extreme, but you can live with this for a while. And that's what I did. So for me, I, my condition was diagnosed in 2019. My back just sort of hurt a lot in my life. It's interesting. You know, I don't know if this correlates or not, but I carry my stress in my lower back. So anytime something scary happens, bad or big news is dropped or someone dies or it's just hard, I just feel like I lose all my energy in my back and my whole body just sort of everything whooshes out of me and it's down there. I'm like holding it right now going, oh, that's where I always carried it. You you may all have places in your body where you carry your stress, and I'm sure some of you are touching them right now. <laughs> well, it turns out like that was legit for me because my back was a weak part of my body. And in sometime in 2019, 
I was doing yoga. I was doing tons of hit workouts. I was jumping up on steps that were like three, four feet high. I mean, it was so cool. I was like, I'm so badass. Um, I was, I was just doing it all right. And one day I was at core power yoga with my friend, Jillian Lackritz, who's been on the podcast. And I tried to do the, the final twisting posture at the end. And I couldn't, I was like, that's weird. One side is like stuck. And I kept trying to like smash my leg down and unstick it and it wouldn't unstick. And so I finally went to my chiropractor, this amazing guy named Larry Frieder. I've been seeing him for years and years in Boulder. And he just kind of kept coming back to my spine and finally goes, you know, Nicole, I think you might have this condition. And he pulled it up on, on the website. I couldn't pronounce it. And he just saw that my L5, what it turns out to be, was sticking out a little bit. It was like a little bony prominence on my back. And he said, why don't you go get some x-rays? And so I went and got x-rays. And of course, this very first ever x-ray tech said, whoa, that didn't look right. And it was like that sinking feeling in my back again already. Um, but I knew it was real. I knew I had it. I just knew. And then, you know, sure enough, I did. And the interesting thing, for me at least, and I think for my generation and younger, is that we want to learn about the things that are wrong with us. We don't want to go to the doctor and necessarily just have them tell us what to do and not know anything. And because we have more resources now, like Dr. Google, who can be both good and bad, and incredible like Facebook groups and all kinds of stuff you can join to learn about people who deal with this, we can learn. So spondylolisthesis, and I'm just going to call it spondy, um, has five grades and mine was a grade two. So it seemed like really bad, but it could be way worse. On a grade five, your vertebra is almost like falling off your body. I'm not kidding you. Um, and mine at the time in 2019 was also what you call stable. So when I, when I bent over, bent backwards and stuff, it didn't move. It was sort of like stuck in that spot. And you can live with this forever. Some people don't even know they have it. Um, it you may never have to get it fixed. I'm going to talk about the fix in a minute. Um, but for many of us, the, the bone may never move again, right? But the uh, symptoms can continue to get worse for your entire life. And that's what happened to me. I actually, when I first was diagnosed... I said, I'm never going to have surgery on this thing. I'm just going to limit a little more, but there's always going to be a sport for me. I can always find something and I'm just going to manage this thing and I'm going to control it. And that's what I did. And I got two really awesome years out of my spine. I learned all the different ways to ski. I moved to a ski town. My God, I have to learn how to ski, right? I did hiking. I really got into mountain biking. Um, I stand up paddling, tubing the river. Oh my God, how fun. I just, I did a lot. I stopped running a long time ago. I knew that was uh, aggravating it. And I stopped jumping. And over time, I slowed down more and more. But I was still okay and I wasn't in pain until... July of this year, 2021. And that's when I did something that I, looking back, 
it was dumb. I shouldn't have done it, but I didn't even think that it would have a consequence for my back. And I'm either completely stupid, you know, but I was focused on other things. I took my daughter Wilder to Elitch Gardens, which is an amusement park in Denver. It was her very first time. She had literally the best day of her life. And I did some rides. I didn't do many because fortunately I was sort of nauseous like many parents get. I like couldn't spin and go upside down and all that. But I wanted so bad to be able to do roller coasters. So I did a bunch, not many again, like I said, but maybe five or six. The next day I felt sick, like break your bone sick. And that makes sense because I had broken my back. I had a broken back and it turns out I had broken it more. Um, I think I did something that day that jiggled it. That's all I'm going to say. I use very technical medical terms, terms. I jiggled that thing and, uh, it wasn't, it's never been the same. So I went and got that treated. They kind of called it, I don't know what they called it, a incident or a, I don't know, but I got it treated. I ended up like taking some steroids, doing my first like medicine for my back. I got PT. I did PT all summer actually. Didn't really help. And it never went back to where it was before. So here I was with a lower baseline. And now I was a little more nervous about my back and all summer and after the roller coasters, I was still riding my mountain bike. I was riding it less and I was scared. You know, I didn't like having to put my foot down or being scared to fall and stuff like that, which happens sometimes on a mountain bike, especially for someone at my level, which is not immediate, not like totally expert is what I'm trying to say. I'm definitely not an expert mountain biker, but, um, but I kept moving and I switched from high impact classes where I was, you know, using weights over my head to what I call my old person fitness classes where they were, you know, they were funny. I was the youngest person in these classes, but I actually love them and I can't wait to go back to them again someday. Um, and I would swim a little more and I would ride, but then everything just got less like I just couldn't do as much without feeling good. And so a month ago on November 4th, I went skate skiing with Tim. It was his birthday and it was a little icy out. It was early conditions up, up in the mountains. And I fell right on my butt, like right away. Cause it was the first time out and I was getting on skis and it was icy and I was like down on the ground and I knew I was like, oh, that was bad. And I went and skied and skied the next day, but it just kept hurting and it just kept getting worse until one day when I just started feeling nauseous. And then every day since then, I felt nauseous. It's been a month. And then I tried swimming and 500 yards in, I, I couldn't swim anymore. And then I just said, well, screw the riding my bike around. I'm just going to try walking. And then I walked a mile and then my back would hurt. And then one day I woke up and my foot was numb. And then I realized that my calf was numb. And then one day my thigh felt numb. And I realized this was it. <laughs> I was not only not able to move my body and do the things that keep my head and my heart happy, I was starting to feel depressed. And 
you guys know me. I'm like the most positive person on the planet. I've done public speaking. My very first big public speaking was a talk called Fueled by Positivity. I will myself through tough situations with a freaking smile because I know it creates the endorphin rush that can help me, but I could not smile my way through this one. And I knew it was time. I, I, I felt a little bit like I was giving in when I realized that I needed a surgical fix. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are like, but did you try stem cells and did you try this? And did you go to this natural healer and do all these things? I tried everything that I felt I could and you can't, the bones won't go back and those transverse processes will not regrow. Like I need someone to fix my back. And when I realized that it was time, I made it happen. You know, you know how we walk around and we're a little bit closed and we feel the walls closing in and suddenly something happens and we go, it's time to open. As soon as I realized it was time for surgery, I, the universe opened up to me. It was like immediate. I got into multiple surgeons in a week. I got multiple opinions. They were all the same with different options. I chose one. And the next day I booked my surgery. That was yesterday. <laughs> yesterday I booked my surgery. My surgery is in one week, one week from today. I'm having a spinal fusion. It sounds really freaking scary, especially to someone who, you know, is theoretically one of the more like athletic and fit and healthy people. And I take pride in that. And here my body is betraying me. But guess what? There is nothing I can do about it. It is out of my hands. And knowing that feels comforting. We like to think we can control everything, right? I can't control that freaking bump on my back. I can't control the fact that I wake up in pain and nausea. Um, but pretty soon, I won't anymore. I am effectively giving myself a Christmas gift this year. It's called a bionic back. <laughs> you know, friends, <laughs> I feel like no man's land is a place that we have to live sometimes, but we do not have to live there forever. So as much as I'm scared, as much as I'm also relieved, as much as I feel guilty that I'm having surgery right before Christmas, like I'm ruining Christmas. I'm not going to be able to fully enjoy, if you know what I mean, my 25th anniversary with Tim on the 28th of the month. I'm not going to be able to ski with Wilder on her 10th birthday on December 30th. They are going to have so much fun without me in the next, you know, 12 weeks that I'll be recovering, but I wouldn't be having fun anyway. In fact, I would be a drag and a bummer and all the things that I was not put here not put on this earth to be. I'm a little emotional. <laughs> you know, I was crying 
today, this morning, because I do feel like I'm ruining Christmas a little. And Tim was like, okay, okay. <laughs> and, you know, he's in his own world of like preparing to be a caretaker and like have all the parenting duties for a while and all this stuff. But he just said, Nicole, you cannot put this off. You're not going to be any fun anyway. And you need to make the decision that's right for you right now. You can do this next week. We need to do it. We're a family. Families help each other feel better. And he's right. I know that. And I know that until I fix this, I'm not going to bring the joy and energy that I want to bring to the people I love. So I'm going to get it over with. And I'm going to focus on me right now. And I'm going to do this thing. And I also realize that I am mourning my back. I am mourning my body, what my body once was. And I'm getting ready to welcome a new version of my body. I, As I said, I turned 50 on February 17th. I will still be under doctor's orders. <laughs> I'm not going to be free to celebrate with some like crazy surfing retreat. I am going to be using a freaking bidet, um, <laughs> which I did buy and we're going to be installing. So Tim doesn't have to worry about my butt at all during my recovery, you know, and I'm going to be healing. And uh, maybe that's the best gift I could give to myself. So my friends, that is my story for you today. And <laughs> What's really interesting is that I have thought about what my final nugget could be. And I think today it is that we don't give ourselves enough gifts in this life. We give gifts to people that we love, people that touch us. And when we make our lists, we never put ourselves on the list. We never make a list to give something to ourselves. And today I'm asking you to make yourself a Christmas list for you to give yourself something special. That's my nugget. <laughs> and that's what I'm leaving you with. Well, everyone, Run This World is back. And hopefully, it, and not hopefully, it is gonna be better than ever because every single day we have a chance to reinvent ourselves, to start over, and to create something special. Thank you for listening today. More episodes are coming. And if you want to be interviewed, if you want to share your stories, if you want to share the stories of those you care about, if you want to start an audio family tree, if you want to do an audio draft of your autobiography, if you want to promote your business or just because you've always wanted to be interviewed by somebody, go to esopnation.com and use the code RUNTHISWORLD for 10% off any packages. I am here for you. I want to interview you because I know that everybody has something special to share in this world. Thank you all for listening today. <clears throat> And here we go. You ready? I didn't forget it. You know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout and I'll see you sometime soon.